time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. What might your future self help you do today to get through all of the pains of the past, all of the places that you feel like you've fallen short, and how to move into a better future? Well, Today, I'm talking with Valerie Lemmy, who is going to talk with us about how to use future visioning in order to get there. After a very painful childhood from her teens to her 50s, she went to every doctor, therapist, alternative medicine, guru, healer, personal growth seminar she could find. And after a while, she had all kinds of training that wasn't there. She said she's born with a dark future. But then if you jump ahead after 54 years, and hopeless after 39 years of searching for that physical and emotional healing, happiness, and success, Valerie finally told the truth that her life was a mess. And so where most of her clients and colleagues live, she was. She then realized that all the medical, alternative, and personal growth systems she had tried had failed, and she had had enough. And then she met somebody, the creator of Future Visioning, Ty Kane. She signed up, she dove in, she got real, and she began to heal her body save her marriage, and transform her career. That's when she decided that she had to share this for the world. Now she is a certified master future visioning practitioner and helps others heal their lives the same way. She realized that she could help people bring their future self to future cast into the world. And today we're going to talk about the principles of future visioning and how they can help you and how they might just turn you on your ear when you hear them at first. Give her a chance. Let's see if she can convince us to make a shift to our future vision. Now let's listen as I have a chance to interview Valerie Lemmy. Valerie, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to hear from you. You and I uh, met at a conference, and I heard you talking about uh, this process that you do for coaching, and I thought, man, this is a great thing for people to hear about. So I'm very happy that you're here to share that. But before you share what you do, let's talk about how you got to here to do what you do, because that kind of forms our understanding of where it comes from. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got to this place? Absolutely, Lee. What happened is, let's, let's take the short, long version, right? Around 15, 16, I thought to myself, hmm, there has to be something more to life, especially since the beginning of my life was filled with a lot of chaos and disruptive childhood, a, one of, a very painful divorce with a sibling that actually got kidnapped. And so the whole family structure fell apart. And that pain followed me for many, many years. So because of the pain, I was trying to find a solution. So I started meditating. And then I started looking at all self help and philosophy, just to find what is the meaning of life. And I continued to do every self help you know, a program and went to alternative medical practitioners or even doctors to try to heal the emotional and physical pain. It showed up in my relationships. It showed up really practically everywhere. No matter what I did or how long I did it, after 39 years, I finally told myself the truth that my life was still a mess. 
So I had to say enough with all of this. I'm done. And by that time, I had already gotten a I was a certified hypnotherapist. I was accredited journey practitioner, which is a deep emotional release work. And I watched the practitioners and I watched the clients have some success, but there was always something missing. And for me, there was something missing. I ended up in the emergency room with back pain off the charts. That's when I finally knew something is so wrong. And then actually I lost a client to a overdose of methamphetamines and alcohol, estranged from his family. He had stopped working with me months before, but we had thought he was okay. And this was all before future visioning. So then I was like, enough, I'm stopping. I'm, I don't know what to do, but I can't do anything else. I can't lie anymore. And that's when I met Ty Kane and future visioning through a teleseminar many, many years ago. And everything that he was saying was actually filling the holes of what I had found missing with the work that I had learned. And I was ecstatic. So I signed up to work with him one-on-one, -on -one, and I have been working with him for the last eight and a half years now. And as they say, the rest is history. And it continues to hold as much water today, perhaps even more than when I first started. It's interesting for many people uh, you know, that there's that saying, um, when you're when you're ready, the teacher will appear. And that was it for you. But oftentimes the readiness comes because you get to the end of your rope. You're just there's nothing else that's working. And you finally give up every attempt you've had. And it sounds like you tried quite a few things and, and picked up those credentials along the way. So um, something that I often hear are about the healers who are hurting, you know, that, that, um, <laughs> that as much as people want to be healing, they still have their own stuff. They still have their own pains. And you discover that for yourself. So you mentioned future visioning. Can you just kind of in a nutshell talk about what future visioning is? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is the only psychological model right now in the world that is solely or completely based in the power of the future and the healing that can come very rapidly and very quickly by going into your brightest future. So that's what we do. It it allows my it allowed myself first and then my clients to stop mucking around in the past to try to find the answers. Because the solutions, if you really think about it, are always coming from the future. They're always coming toward you. So if you're turning around and looking to the past to find the solutions, you're actually looking in the wrong place. You still have to deal with the past sometimes when you're projecting it negatively into your future. So that's basically the difference between future visioning and all the other, that's one of them, and all the other modalities that I had found. Okay, so uh, anyone who is familiar with therapy <laughs> happens to know <laughs> that therapy loves the past <laughs> and uh, that many um, uh, frameworks of therapy uh, get so focused on the past um, that that's, it's kind of like the need to heal the past and move through it. Tell me a little bit about how you see that as being the wrong approach or, or not the whole approach. Okay, absolutely. Well, one of the things that I'll talk about my own experience, if you don't mind. 
on the first teleseminar, within the first hour, Ty was talking about see your 100-year-old wise old you who's been successful in this life, who has fulfilled her purpose and her destiny. And I wrote down, very interestingly, oh, I am loved and loving and tears were falling down my face. I'm actually getting chills now, even as I think about that moment, because it was a pivotal moment of connection. And then with the connection to your best, your highest, my future self became my mentor and my model. Then if I needed to heal my inner child, my freaking out, <laughs> rebellious adolescent, or my confused and perplexed young adult. I always use my wise old you to go back with me because she is the solution. That's that's a beautiful story. And, and what is interesting to me about that is it didn't negate the past at all. It it kind of unlocks the past by you knowing what was missing then or felt like it was missing then. Uh, that sometimes becomes a fixation for those who are talking about the past, how they didn't uh, get the love or how they weren't loving. And they get so focused on that that there's no uh, release from that. It's just a repetition. Absolutely. And that's what I had found. I had done so much inner child work that, I mean, ad nauseum is the expression that comes up here. Really, it was actually like it would make me nauseous to think of how many times. What was so wonderful is why do you need your wise old you to go back to the past to heal? Well, first of all, I'm the future self of my child, my adolescent, my young adult, and I'm still in the problem because I'm the one who's going, I want to get out of it. So I don't yet have the solution. So if you go back, and here's the most wonderful thing, when you go back to the past, most people think, oh, the past, it's just the past, and it's in, like solid and cement. No, it's fluid, just like the now is and just like the future is. So drumroll, please, you can actually change your past. And most people don't know that. So really, going back to your inner child, your young adolescent, or your young adult, is to give them a bright future. That may actually mean you have to you have to have them be able to finally express and release their emotions that they've been holding in. See what negative or limiting beliefs they have formed about life and then after that happens, you can actually give them new parents. You can give them transformed or you can fire and you can do any combination. So I've had people who have kept their mother, transformed her, fired their father, or vice versa, and created the loving parents that they wanted. And also we connect our clients back to the ultimate connection, which is their personal realization of the divine. Okay, well, that's uh, powerful. Uh, so uh, it reminds me, uh, Albert Einstein, uh, said <laughs> yeah. that the same thinking that gets you into a problem won't get you out of the problem. And that seems to me to be a piece of what you're talking about, that, uh, you know, that that past orientation keeps you in the same thinking process that created the present moment. And you're talking about stepping forward into something else 
and being able to look back and understand things differently and create them differently uh, in the thought process and your understanding of what happened, uh, which is um, a new way of thinking when that happens. You know, that's very, that's very insightful of you to actually say it like that. That's one of the things that I enjoyed when I was listening to you speak. I, I like the way that you express yourself so clearly. So we do have a process for change that is called recognize, acknowledge, forgive, and change. And this is the approach to any negative reality creation that a person can come to me and say, okay, you know, this is falling apart. I'm having trouble with, you know, money or weight or whatever. We look at and find out, okay, what's the beliefs that are forming this? You have it in your life. It's either limiting or it's negative for you, right? Then you have to acknowledge who created it. Well, first you got to find out who you're blaming. <laughs> you got to get out of the blame. And then you have to take responsibility. Oh, I created it. Ah, why did you create it? That why is the essential metaphysical part of the work that we do. And that's where most people say, well, I don't know. And I said, and that's where the journey begins mm -hmm. into exploring the why. Why am I selling myself short? Oftentimes it comes down to many, many things. A lot of times it's shame-based. We don't think we deserve it all. We've been told that we have to suffer in order to have the good. All these different, oh, it has to be hard. There's all these limiting negative beliefs. So, so you kind of look at that and go, what's the payoff? What's the secondary gain? What are you getting from this that keeps you in that game of not getting what you want over and over and over again? We investigate that. That takes a real courage and honesty, right? And then you forgive yourself once you see the cost. You feel the remorse and then you forgive yourself. And the forgiveness part, which I'm, I'm sure you're aware of, transcends the old paradigm and the old way of thinking. And then you get to choose a new way of being from now on. I love the uh, the kind of flowchart there of recognize, acknowledge, forgive, change. Yeah, I, I remember I was uh, dealing with a, a client at one point, and he came in and he told me about the rotten people at work, the people who had done him wrong at work, uh, his partners in the program that were stealing and blind, his wife who was controlling and, and nag, his kids who were only out to get into his pocket. He named off, I think, pretty much anybody around him. And I said, wow, you know what's common about all of that? And he said, yeah, people are bad. I said, no, you. Right. <laughs> it's a Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we say that all the time. Yeah. Who's the common denominator? Yeah, there's only right? one. <laughs> right. Oh. That's the painful part. So there are some principles behind this future visioning, and I would love it if we could go through the principles. So how many principles are there? And let's then just go through them. Yeah, there's seven basic future visioning principles about how life works. And this is what I introduce my clients to. And the first one, which I love so much, even just saying it, we live in a loving and abundant universe. And that actually means that if you're failing or in pain, it means you've got to go against 
the universe to be there. Because what I tell people all the time is the universe is conspiring to have all your dreams come true. And so that's number one. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about that because you mm-hmm. talked about your painful childhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, that you had nothing to do with your parents' mess. You had nothing to do with their divorce. You had nothing to do with the kidnapping of a sibling or any of those other pieces. And so that puts you in pain. Can you can you put that using your own story? Talk about how this is true and that's true at the same time. Absolutely. So I have to go to number two in order to answer your question. Let's, let's so, do that. <laughs> right. You are number two is you are extremely powerful. You create your reality a hundred percent by causing or allowing everything. When I finally. So this would be for me or any client who comes to see me when I finally looked at it differently and said, oh, I didn't only have a rageful father and a then subsequent household that had to fall apart because of that and also because of my mother's inability to really stay in the relationship, like a strong woman, which is often the pattern, the victim pattern of the you know besieged woman. I had to look at myself and say, ah, this is my movie. And even as a child, I chose those people to act it out. Do I have that rage in me? Do I have that besieged victim woman, you know, prototype or, uh, a paradigm in me? And the answer was, yes, I did. So when I shifted from the blame and understood that I was powerful, and there's a little caveat here, there's a little fine print, you are extremely powerful, you create your reality 100% by causing or allowing everything, no exceptions and no fine print. And it's a very powerful place to stand and to own, and that's when you really can shift and change out of negative patterns. So let's say that somebody is listening and going, wait, I'm causing my spouse to abuse me. Mm. How do you respond to that? Well, first, (laughs) uh, okay, so now I'm going to go talk about the emotions. I would, yeah, because before I could tell somebody, yeah, you created that, which would sound very unloving, especially someone who has been victimized by someone's wrong and it is wrong for another human being to be abusive to another human being so that's not negating that but if you want to change your reality and you want to change either how that person is approaching you or if you need to leave and start a new reality you need to see what was the attracting force inside of you that created the scenario. What did I need to learn? So I started noticing that my own suppressed anger was actually drawing people who were angry toward me. It was reflective. If you start dealing with reality as reflective, and the good news here, after we talk about how did that make you feel, and we release or express all the emotions, is... If it's really you that's creating it, who needs to change in order for it to change? Okay, so I also notice that there's the causing or allowing. 
Correct. Talk, talk a little bit about the difference between the causing and allowing. Right. Well, first of all, I certainly allow the sun to rise every single day. <laughs> I don't cause that. And I don't put a lot of time into thinking about it because basically I allow. Okay, a lot of people ask me this question. Well, what about a tsunami, especially when the tsunami happened over in Japan like several years ago? Well, yeah, I live in a world where I allow that the plates of the earth will move and tsunamis and earthquakes will happen. We live in a world where that happens and I'm allowing it. I'm not causing it. I didn't cause the, the, the earth plates to move. So the causing part is smaller. The allowing part is about 95%. Okay. But if you see it as a reflection of yourself, so I'll give you a great example. After I started doing this work, and we help people to release their suppressed anger and hostility and hatred, jealousy, all the taboo emotions that a lot of people don't know how to handle. And, and I teach that. Do you know that? And I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think, oh, this is my world. Violent crime went down in the whole United States. And I was like, wow, I guess, I guess I am creating that. In my world, people are becoming less violent. Hmm, that's pretty cool. So I notice these. I notice, again, a reflective reality. It's a very different way of thinking, but it certainly does. It's very empowering, by the way. So just so we get kind of the full picture, let's, let's continue on so as we put these pieces together. So mm -hmm. what's the third principle? I love this one. This blew my mind when I heard it for the first time. The future creates the present against the backdrop of the past. So it's kind of like going to see a show on Broadway, imagine, or even off Broadway. The backdrop is very important. What's happening with the scenery, right? It sets the mood. So that's the past. But the actors on the stage and the words that are being said which is very important to the audience, the future is actually creating that. The hope that this can give a human being is that it doesn't matter where you've come from. So for instance, my back, if I thought, oh my God, I've had chronic back pain since I've been 14 years old and it's always gonna be here. I would have never sought a way to change that and I have no back pain. There is no back pain any longer. That happened by working with my future and seeing myself healed. Does that make sense? Did I answer that question? Yes. Um, I mean, at, at least the beginning. That's a that's a fairly deep concept that the future is creating the present against the backdrop of the past. Because you, you're now bringing the fact that there is a past that we all have. We can't just ignore it and leave it behind. And that we, we're the future is what's pulling us from that present point. Um, my guess is... If we continue on through these principles, that will make a little more sense on how that gets activated. So let's keep on yeah. and we'll come back. Okay. All right. But I can give a real short yeah. analogy. Please do. Okay. If you're going on a trip, let's just say you have vacation time. That's already been determined. And you want to go on a trip. What's the first thing you have to do before you can do anything else? I got to figure out where I'm going to go. Exactly. So without that, if you don't know where you're going, so let's say you go on the plane and this was a normal like rule of thumb and the pilot said, oh, sorry, everyone, you thought you were going to Miami and you packed a bag 
to go to Miami. And he says, I've changed my mind. We're going to Alaska now. You would be really in deep trouble because you didn't pack properly for Alaska. You know that happened in that one flight that was supposed <laughs> to go to Germany and ended up in Scotland. So there you go. <laughs> right. But I'm sure they got them to their final destination at some point, right? Didn't they? I think they have to. But yes, yeah, so it's really the future creates the present. It creates all the choices and decisions. So if someone's seeing a dark future, they will make disempowered choices. If they're seeing an empowered, bright future, they will make empowered choices. So, yeah, so that that brings me to number four, really, which is interesting because it's sort of paradoxically a little different. All time exists simultaneously, which we already talked about. Your inner child and your future self are as real as you are. They are not just figments of your imagination. They are real. So talk some more about that. That's a, that's, yeah. that's, there's a lot of philosophy behind that too. So talk more about what that means. So that means when I connect it with my brightest, you know, wise old future self, 100-year-old wise future self the first time, she is real because in this reality that we have, there's always possibilities about your choices are going to actually create different streams of where your life can go. Sort of like when the addict decides finally, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to imbibe that anymore. I'm not going to overeat anymore. What happens to their future? Well, their whole, their bodies are going to change. Their organs are going to change. Their lifespan, their longevity may actually even change. So every choice can lead you to different places, but they're just as real as now. I kind of feel like we just stepped into quantum physics. Yes. This is based in quantum physics. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. so this is where uh, the physics and the psychology kind of meet and mm-hmm. show themselves. Okay, uh, yeah. what's number five? And, unless we need to do more on four. No, I, I, I think that some of these are lifelong deep dives, by the way, that I feel like I'm still learning and still practicing. Mm-hmm. Over, Like you create your reality forever. It's forever, you know. And then you have to learn how to co-create your reality with the other people around you. And then ultimately with your higher self, with your future self, with the divine. And that's like a whole other, you know, ball of wax. But number five is all emotions are positive. Because when expressed or released, all emotions lead to love. If you suppress emotions, all emotions are negative, including joy. You can seriously die a slow death, but you can die from not expressing joy. And that's the old saying about, you know, men who die with that unsung song still in their heart. It can take years off your life. So there are no negative emotions. As long as they're expressed or released, expressed or released. Which is, that's a big piece. There, I mean, there, there has to be a place for them. Okay, so a lot of times when people hear expressed, so they're going, okay, anger. My anger is positive. I just need to express it all over you. Mm, that's different. Yeah, there's clean anger and dirty anger. And 
we have to be brutally honest with ourselves and tactfully honest with other people. And, and this is a practice because we haven't been taught how to express anger and anger is scary to a lot of people. So you always have to understand the impact that you're going to have when expressing anger to another human being. It's a, it's an artful dance really. And so because we're filled with anger, so I'm sure you can understand this, the abused child who grows up with the rageful father and then marries the rageful husband, right? Or the rage-filled husband who grew up with an abusive father. The two people are bringing all the emotions of a lifetime into that relationship. Wow. That's like dynamite, you know? There's, 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 there's live TNT there, and then you light a match. Boom. So to get rid of the suppressed or unexpressed emotions that the child, the adolescent, the young adult had in the imaginative processing, then you can start walking up to someone and go, wow, what you said hurt me, and it really made me angry. And when you say it like that, the person may be taken aback, but anyone, any relationship that's worth it's weight and salt. Maybe there's another gold, maybe. Will not end with the expression of clean anger. Okay, so let, let's see if I can wrap a little piece to get mm-hmm. together. Um, let's say you've accessed this wise future self of yours. And so that piece is telling you for, in, for you um, what your, your greatest desire is to be loved and be loving. Uh, and then you're angry. Is that part of what creates how you might use that anger differently because your greatest desire to be loved and loving is affected by how you express that anger? Beautifully said. Absolutely. Yes. Still have to do the meditative techniques that we do, you know, to get rid of the anger from the past, especially as children, because you were saying lots of times we were taught. I actually grew up in a household where I was told children are to be seen and not heard. I had to work on that one. Yeah. So long after you're a child, you still carry that. I can't be seen. Can't be. I can be seen, but I can't be heard. I've got to be quiet. Yeah. Or they're not going to hear me. Even if I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, they're not going to hear me because I've already been told that I'm not worth listening to. Mm. All right, let's just drop it down to mm-hmm. six. Mm-hmm. If you, this is a, a little bit of a mind blower. Actually, I think they all are. If you look for simple answers, you guarantee yourself a difficult and frustrating life. However, if you're willing to embrace complexity, then you can have an easy flowing life. And so many people are walking around these days talking about keep it simple. It's simple. It can be easy, but if you try to reduce something down to a simplistic solution, there will always be a component missing, especially when you're trying to navigate the complexity of life in the situations that we find ourselves in at work, at home, in our friendships, right? Because no man is an island. And I guess the way a good analogy I can give Lee for this is 
if you wanted to invite a whole bunch of people to a party, the simplest way to do it would be to take a piece of paper and a pencil, write everyone a note, and then walk to each of their houses and hand deliver that note. Or you can embrace complexity, which you don't even understand how it happens, but do an e-invite on the computer and this weird thing that we use all the time called the internet sends it out to everybody and everybody can say, yes, I'm coming, no, I'm not. And the world is moving toward complexity all the time. So embracing the complexity. Okay, so just to kind of using that metaphor, um, the simple is time consuming and repetitive. Mm -hmm. The complexity, I don't have to understand. I don't have to understand how the internet works. I don't have to understand how Evite makes money or anything else about that. But I could embrace the fact that there's something compl more complex behind that that could make life easier. Not that I have to understand the complexity, but to acknowledge the complexity. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Like I can walk to Florida to visit my son or take a horse or even take a bus or a car or I can hop on an airplane and get there in a quarter of the time. Without understanding and how wings work or you know, FAA works or anything else. It still blows my mind every time I see an airplane take off from Newark Airport, which I go by on the New Jersey Turnpike all the time. It's like a, a marvel, a miracle, but I can use use it and be willing to do so. Yes. Okay. So this, um, there have been many times when I've worked with somebody and they've, you know, they've kind of done what we've talked about and they come back and they say, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why I'm better. And my response is, why are you trying to figure out why you're better? If you're better. You know, do you really need to know all of the reasons that happened? Um, I don't have to understand gravity to understand what happens if I violate gravity and to let gravity just be. It's a pretty complex thing itself, but I don't have to. I just have to accept that it's complex. Absolutely. That's interesting. I remember someone once gave an analogy. When you, this is kind of gross, but when you throw up, you don't go through your throw up. And <laughs> what's that I had? <laughs> what was that? And what does it look like now? It's like, so there is this nice, like, wow, I accept this. I'm grateful. And oh, and, and that person, were they being grateful for the changes? That's yeah. what I would ask them. I say, are you grateful? Oh yeah, I am. Great. What can you now generate and create? What's the next step that you can do with this now to make your life even better? And just be ready to receive that forever. Yeah. Okay. So number seven. Mm, this is so much fun. The two primary purposes of life are first to have fun. And that means in everything. So your definition of fun has to go from, yeah, wild, you know, like frat parties where you, you know, get drunk and wear a toga or, you know, whatever. The, it's not an immature fun. It has to be, and your idea of fun has to change as you grow and become a more mature, responsible adult. But to have fun and to learn how to consciously create your reality so you can create the fun and ultimately what we call sacred pleasure. And that's the understanding of the beauty of life. Talk a little bit about the sacred pleasure piece. Yeah. Beauty is the sacred pleasure. When we find something beautiful, 
I think it's very interesting to notice that there is a interesting dynamic of two different emotions that happen. One is more masculine in that it's outgoing, outpouring like joy or enthusiasm, and then this deep contentment or serenity. Like think about a sunset, think about a day when you're looking at the ocean or I love standing under the cherry blossom trees that bloom around my house when I'm out walking or running. And I just stand underneath and just look up in this like ocean of pink. And I feel that moved feeling that's beauty and that's sacred pleasure. There's also a sacred pleasure with being on track in your life. There's a sacred pleasure with understanding that you are a powerful spiritual being having a human experience. That's sacred pleasure. So these seven pieces, you talked about complexity, and that's one of them. They're talking about uh, accepting complexity. There, there's so much complexity to these. There's a lot of philosophy behind these and quantum physics, as we talked about behind this, which uh, makes this sometimes um, kind of, as you talked about, this is kind of mind-blowing. Um and uh, counterintuitive in many ways for how we've created our reality. So um, can you just for briefly say what it was that happened on that, that uh, seminar that you, that first clicked for you and what was it that you, because I often go on into something going, okay, you're going to have to prove this to, I'm kind of that skeptic. You're going to have to prove this to me. Right. Um, and so something's got to happen that I go, Oh wait, I see the point here. So what was that for you? Mm-hmm. Wonderful, again, wonderful question, because I did just that, because I was at my end, like you said, my end of my rope, I tried all these things, nothing had worked, I was disillusioned, I was in a state of despair, and thinking, oh, yeah, so you want me to come on and listen to another expert, what happened was Ty started to describe his 30 years of working with people cancer, relationship difficulties, um, fibromyalgia, huge, huge problems. And then he said, and I have so much fun. And I went, wait a minute, what are you talking about? I've been doing this for about seven, eight years now, you know, in one form or another, but the healing part of it, six years, and I am at the end of my rope. I'm so, <laughs> I am under the burden of having tried to deal with this. But when you have the healing power of the future, it does become fun and solutions abound. So that was number one that he called healing fun. And then he told his story about healing his acute appendicitis right there in the hospital after 29 years of agony and the doctor saying, you have to have surgery now or you will die because your appendix is just about to burst and you're lucky that it hasn't yet. And he said, no, I'm going to figure out what's going on with me and why I'm creating this or I'm going to die trying and he made a phone call to someone and they said, when we deal with organs in this area, because the person he wanted to see was on a plane and he couldn't get to them. They said, but I will give you one, one little tidbit of information. We have found that it's always suppressed anger. 
Ah, so he turned. There was the person who he was so angry and betrayed by right there with him in the hospital. Often they are, by the way. And he just started telling her how he felt about the disrespect and the hurt and the anger took one, five, five minutes, five minutes the most, maybe less. And all of a sudden he was feeling his abdomen going, which side was the pain on? And he then signed a medical waiver and went skiing that day. Hmm. When he told me that I knew, I know because I've been associated with people who have had spontaneous real healings. So I know what to listen for. And I knew he was authentic. Okay. So if, um, if you're working through this process, what, is, what kind of, what does that look like in the coaching process? What, how do you, how does that process start and kind of what are the pieces that you go through? Yeah. So we do a whole life success wheel, which is called expanding your success. And Sort of by doing this in a graphic introduction, people get to actually see the seven primary principles at work as we go along and start to fill in. And then we we fill in how are you going to feel and what are you going to be doing three to five years from now? Because that's when we found to really get all areas of your life working. It, it does take some doing and some time. This is a marathon, not a sprint, as many, many healing modalities and self-help they're aware of. There has to be skin in the game and commitment, and there is a long run. So showing everyone where they're at now, but then where they want to be is the beginning. And also the other part is if someone's in a lot of pain, I won't do that for someone who's in huge, huge pain because they need immediate help. They're going to the ER, not to the, um, you know, their, their, their primary care doctor. So then we do something called a communicating with your symptoms. Instead of fighting, you actually start listening and understanding the pain message that your body is giving you. And generally speaking, two and a half hour session later, the pain is diminished or gone. Can you use that same thing, um, the symptoms as like the symptoms of the bad relationships you're having instead of being a physical piece? Can you put it on to, oh, I keep having the same issue in a relationship? Yeah, absolutely. And yet there's a more complex, again, there's complexity here that there's a hundred percent you and then a hundred percent that person too. So it's a little bit different tools that you have to learn, but they are applicable. And I have seen people it's not ideal to have only one person learning these principles. It's really good as a team. And I heard you talk about that on one of your podcasts about what is it to be a team? Well, one of the things is you have to share the same language and you have to share the same perspective about how are we going to make a decision here about how to handle whatever is coming down from the future toward us right now in the present, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when you synergistically and with an aerodynamic quality can get to the solution. Okay. So you talked about these 10 areas for whole life success and you have something to help people. So what, what is it that, and, and how can they get it? So I do have, uh, the future visioning 
worksheets that actually Ty designed and I have it available for free download on my website. Actually, it will be very shortly. And they can find that by going to my website, which is ValerieLemmy.com, www.ValerieLemmy.com. And there'll be a sign-up sheet, and they can do that, and then the, the free downloads will be available to them. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Valerie, there's so much here. Uh, we're we're going to need to come back and talk about this maybe in another setting about how it affects relationships. But uh, you've given a lot, um, maybe not to uh, uh, solve, but to chew on and to begin to think about what does this mean. Uh, some of this um, will feel to people like a very alien approach and, and may have to sit with it a while and accept the fact that you know, the simple may be the issue, <laughs> that there may be some complexity to accept. Well, can I add one thing? Yeah, absolutely. That might be really practical for people. Good. When you're about to make a decision, look at the dark future, the darkest outcome, because there's many, many, many in between. But look at if I keep going in this direction, what is the future going to look like and how dark is it going to be? And really go to the end because most people go, oh, I don't want to look at that. No, look at it because it's already impacting you. And then ask yourself, if I change and I get to have everything I want, what will that future look like? Notice the physiology in your body immediately when you're looking at those two very disparagingly different outcomes. Use that as your GPS. Good. Great. That's a uh, test it out, a way mm-hmm. to test it out. Great. Right. Okay, Valerie, thank you so much for being here. And again, um, go and grab those worksheets from ValerieLemmy.com. And there is actually a link to that in the show notes. So if you're on the website, Thrivology.com, you can find that. Just click and go. Valerie, thank you so much. Lee, this was such a pleasure, so much fun. So we were actually consciously creating our reality together. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at Thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.